0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, if you haven't heard yet, uh, this is me telling you you need to take a look at the new boots from Lacrosse, and they fall under the Navigator series. Now, what they've done is they've taken the best parts of a rubber boot and the best parts of your traditional. Hiking and hunting boot, and they've mashed them together to come up with this new line of boots from lacrosse, and that is the Navigator series. Now they have the women's windrows, they have the men's windrows, and then they have the Atlas the atlas series within that as well so go to lacrossefootwear.com and check out this new line of boots that they have i've been using mine for a couple weeks now and i am very impressed with the the fit and the feel and i can't wait to get them in the woods this hunting season and uh, give them a trial run so lacrossefootwear.com check them out
1: welcome to the southern ground hunting podcast i'm your host parker mcdonald this is episode number 47 Today, we're recapping the trip that I recently took to Kentucky with a few buddies. I've got Drew Robbins and Jared Schaefer on the line, and we're talking all about early season tactics that we used to be successful on velvet bucks in Kentucky. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. welcome back to the Southern Ground hunting podcast I'm excited about today's episode because um we got a deer under our belt a couple deer under our belt and uh it's a good it's a good day to be alive
2: it is a good day to be alive drew how's it going it's going good man it's going good I have to say um I know you went to Kentucky last week yep which I know we've all seen on YouTube and everything and I felt like I felt weird because I made this comment to you. I'm living vicariously through you while I was at home, <laughs> like refreshing YouTube like every chance that I got, or like Instagram. Like I need to see pictures, you know. <laughs> got to know. So I got to know, and uh, so. But yeah, man. Awesome. It's good. All to right,
1: have. and we also have Mr. Jared Schaefer on the line. How's it going, Jared?
3: Good, Parker. I'm still covered in sugar bites and running on just a few hours of sleep.
4: So same, dude. I'm doing
3: good, but exhausted.
1: Yeah. I hear you man. I'm right there with you. We uh, I'm still covered up in poison ivy. I got it all over me. Like I'm Yeah. It, it's moved it's moved to my abdomen now. It's on my nipple, on my belly button, all over my hips and my waistline. Dude, I I got it bad.
2: You don't have to show me. I, I just trust you. I just so, trust you. Yeah. So funny. We, we can visualize that. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know. Or not.
1: Funny story actually. Or not, yeah. I, I was at work today at the church. And uh, my boss, his name's Matt, he's like a real kind of like dry humor type guy. Like, he's just a real dry guy. And um, he goes, uh, he's like, how's your trip? I was like, it's good. I'm covered in poison ivy. He's like, oh, wow. He goes, uh, I said, yeah, I got it all over my stomach. And we're in like a meeting, right? We're in this meeting. And he goes, (laughs) let's see it. (laughs) And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, let's see it. Like okay, so I just like lifted up my shirt. There's women in the room too. I'm like, this has got to be some kind of church like handbook rule that's against exposing your your nipples.
2: Yeah, well, you don't have to do that in this small yeah room now. Well, just us two.
1: Jared's here in spirit. In spirit. <laughs> so yeah. so I figured today what we could do is talk about our trip to Kentucky mm-hmm. and. And maybe try to answer some early season questions, you know, that, um, I know a lot of our listeners have, uh, uh there's a bug on your shoulder, Drew. There he is. You got him. It's, it's, um, my, it's my only kill of the year right there. <laughs> it's, it's first kill, first blood. <laughs> um, so a, a lot of listeners I've been seeing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. questions asked on Facebook and, um, Instagram, just about early season stuff. Yeah. Um, cause Alabama, um, doesn't really get our early season is October. We don't really get much of an early season. Georgia is in September.
2: Georgia gets one.
1: Yep, Georgia you actually have the chance to kill a velvet buck in Georgia. Yeah. On that opening weekend. And then um
2: Jared does does uh West Virginia open early?
3: Ours doesn't come in until the end of September, so no Velvet Bucks here. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I mean you really like if you wanna hunt early season I know Tennessee was open this week. There's a there's a WMA in Tennessee called – Oh, really? Uh, I'm not going to actually say what it's called because it's a lot of people's honey hole.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but there is a WMA that's open in Tennessee this week. It opened up Saturday.
4: Hmm.
1: And and you can hunt until – I mean, it, it's open just like it's season. Oh, wow. And it's a bonus <clears throat> buck thing. So you get two buck tags in Tennessee, yeah. and you can get a bonus buck if you do it in that early season, hunt I got which you. Is Pretty yeah. cool. I was, I was so close. So I had vacation days yesterday and today still. Um, and I had the car packed, ready to go Sunday after church to drive to Tennessee and hunt all day yesterday. Well, while I was making the video and editing, I hit render. I was going to just pull an all nighter. I was mm-hmm. going to edit the video all day on Sunday after church and pull an all nighter and just drive to Tennessee a couple hours and hunt all day Monday. Well, when I hit render, I fell asleep, and I didn't wake up until like 5.30 in the morning. I was like, dang it. Um, So, you know, it is what it is. But the point being, people have questions about early season. There's a lot of guys who are going up to Kentucky who maybe um, saw the trip that we took and Mm -hmm. is like, man, I want to do that next year. Or the the Tennessee Velvet Hunt or some parts of Florida and – and definitely Georgia. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we can do our best to try to, um, I don't know if we'll answer the questions, but we will tell our experiences. Yeah, sounds great. So, Jared, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of just kick us off and and start with just that that first day. Because there are some things that change between that opening day of the season in Kentucky versus like when Jared got here. Mm-hmm. One of the things is hunting pressure. Um yeah. that opening day of the season there was no hunting pressure yet so there was a little more um you could get away with a little bit more you could hunt some of the areas that maybe were you know got hit hard throughout the week yeah. that opening day we talked to a guy who um was, was at the same campground as us it was it was about four guys they were from indiana i believe and this kid killed a really nice full velvet eight point buck on the opening morning Mm -hmm. and they were right off the road in a bean field and they watched the deer they watched a bachelor group of bucks like four bucks cross the road in front of where they had just driven Mm -hmm. cross the road come in he shot him opening day tagged out in kentucky um so that's that's one of the things like that that first couple days you can get in there and the deer just aren't nearly as pressured they kind of don't really know what's going on yet yeah um so that was the first thing that i saw you of course you have you have soybeans and you have corn mm-hmm. and the corn is standing so it's basically just a when you got deer and corn you're pretty much that's kind of almost a sanctuary because it's it's bulletproof
2: yeah for them so so did you see a lot of bedding out in the beans
3: and the corn
1: um i did not
2: jared how about you
3: so I didn't spend hardly any time in the beans at all. Okay. Um, I had a couple spots that I focused that were around corn, mm-hmm. and what I found was that they were bedding in the the thick CRP cover and kind of down in like on ridge points, you know, adjacent to these crop fields. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't really walk through any corn fields, so they they could possibly be bedding in there, mm-hmm. but uh, that's just what I saw in my limited time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so so to that last year I went to the same place last year mm-hmm. and last year they were 100% betting in the beans. But it was also not nearly as hot last year as it was this year. Mm-hmm. That opening the opening yep. day, opening two days of the season it was cool but man it got warm throughout the rest of the the rest of the trip i mean 95 yes, yeah. 100 degree heat index um what'd you say
2: jerry's just in you That's oh, what he's doing. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah i mean and <laughs> so brutal. it was it was brutal hot so even in the beans the reason they were in there was it was dry it mm-hmm. was dry as could be dry as a bone yeah so it was hard to read deer sign because it was so dry yeah um you don't know how how old stuff actually was unless you happened to find some some mud that had a little bit of moisture from a creek or something in it. Right. Um, But so the last year, the reason why they were bedding down in those beans is because it was just so much cooler
4: Cooler. because yeah.
1: the ground was cooler to this year. It just wasn't now the corn. I'm sure they were bedded in the corn. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're, they had to be bedded in that corn Yeah. because you could, I mean, I really think that the corn was kind of, I don't want to say it was the ticket. I think there's a lot of deer. It's just so bulletproof. It offers so much security. You can't see them. They can't see you. It's just impenetrable. Yeah. You know, Yeah. Um, the only way you can kill deer around corn is if you catch them coming out of it or going into it. And um, last year we were seeing a lot of deer hitting the beans. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was where you needed to be at Um, this year. I think the moon messed us over on catching bucks in the beans there wasn't even hardly very many deer in the beans like i killed my buck in 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 beans um and there was a couple other guys that did i mean it it's still a food source they're still hitting it you'll still catch some yeah but for the most part man i mean i spent the day before the season on an observation set and i could see a huge area of soybeans and i saw two does Really? That evening. Two does came out together right at dark. Um,
2: So. I wonder if the drought conditions forced them down the bottoms and, you know, close to the rivers and streams and stuff.
1: Well, so that's, that was kind of going to be my, my next thing that what I was noticing this year. Mm -hmm. So last year I came back and I was like, okay, next time I go hunt there for early season, I'm going to work way less because these deer are hitting bean fields right off the road. No matter what, like that's just where guys are killing them at. So I was like, and I'm, I'm over here hunting pinch points and hunting the woods and, you know, going into areas where I think they'd be bedded off of points and stuff like that.
2: Hunting it like you would. Hunting
1: like I would here. Hunting like you, you would hunt highly pressured public land. Mm -hmm. And it was so non-beneficial last year. It's crazy. I don't even think I saw a single deer doing that.
4: Yeah.
1: Well, we go out there this year and that's where guys are seeing all the deer. Clayton Clayton Bond on the second day of the season sees a 115 inch buck in a freaking creek bottom.
4: Yeah.
1: Now, it was fairly close to crops, but not I mean, it was he was hunting it like he would a woods situation. Yeah. And so I think the I think the moon had a lot to do with that. I think the weather and the heat had a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um That's uh, Jared, did you kind of notice sort of the same thing? This was your first year there, so
3: yeah, yeah, I mean like you know, this is my first trip down there. I've never been to Kentucky, never hunted farmland. So, um, you know, my plan going into it was just, you know, look and see what what the other guys are doing, look and see, you know, if they're having any success, if they're seeing anything, and then, you know, base what I'm gonna do off pressure. So, like you said, I didn't get down there until Tuesday um evening. So, you know, the season had been for a few days and I figured those deer had probably already picked up the pressure, so you know, the first evening in, um, you know, I had a lot of spots marked on OnX, you know, a lot that were on crop fields and a lot that weren't, you know, your traditional, you know, you know, woods settings or whatever. But, uh, you know, I checked a spot out that was kind of an isolated little field down in a creek bottom um, where there was water. I checked that field. There was no deer sign in it. They they had just, like, freshly tilled up that field. So nothing down there. Very little very little deer sign and then from there I moved up into a cornfield um an isolated water source at the end of the cornfield and I started finding deer sign there and that's kind of where I started at um I didn't hunt Tuesday night I just went scouting, and then you killed your buck that night so ended up helping you and uh, mm-hmm. that was a heck of a good time
1: oh yeah that was a lot of fun so we can kind of go go with that and I guess we can go in chronological chronological order Um, so we were, we got, I I got there with Adam Mm Cruz on Tuesday and, uh, I'm sorry, not Tuesday on Thursday night. And so we scouted all day on Friday Mm -hmm. and that was beneficial. Like it really was. We, we marked stuff off. We were able to see what was planted in what fields. That's something, especially going on an out of state trip. That's, that's a good thing to do. You can kind of get your bearings Without having the pressure of having a bow in your hand and thinking, you know, I could go scout or this might be the night that this buck comes through or whatever. So we just scouted pretty much all day long. And uh, and that was that was super beneficial. And that was when I kind of started wondering, because that night I sat on that bean field and I saw two does and that was it. Adam got a little bit early on Thursday and he just kind of drove around and he saw like two or three does in a bean field Mm -hmm. and the whole place. And that's all he saw. So it was kind of not, um, it wasn't really what we thought it was going to be.
2: Wasn't like last year. It
1: wasn't like last year. Last year you could go and, and, you know, walk out to a bean field or drive around the bean fields and you see all kinds of deer in them. It wasn't that way. So that was when we were kind of like, okay, this may be a little bit different or it could just be an off night. Maybe there's a whole bunch of guys out here scouting and we just, you know, we're not running into them or whatever. (laughs) Maybe these deer already feel a little bit pressured. Um, we also had the thought of maybe ehd that was that
2: was had, a thought that was a question i was going to ask too mm-hmm. was, is is uh, did you see any eh cuz man it, we saw
1: no signs of it
2: really well, that's good mm-hmm. cuz yeah. i know people were really out in the midwest and I, well I, in kentucky in kentucky yeah there was there's a, a lot a
1: lot of people in kentucky um connor wakefield the whitetail drifter mm-hmm. um he went to another place and uh he found i think he he found like five dead deer in one day of scouting yeah yeah. That's crazy. That's, that's he also killed a doe and a buck in the first two days of the season. So, mm-hmm. um, but regardless, he still, he still. I mean, five dead deer a day is pretty rough. But we we saw, I I didn't see any signs of it. I think Michael Pike found one dead fawn, but that could have been from anything. Yeah, you know, a fawn. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared, did you see any signs of EHD?
3: No, I didn't see any.
1: I didn't, and, and I was, you know, kayaking, I was around the water and I just, I wasn't seeing any, didn't smell any, didn't even see a huge amount of buzzards. Yeah. So, but it, we, the thought crossed our mind. We're like, golly, where are all the deer at?
4: Yeah.
1: Maybe HD hit. Like, I think Adam at one point was like, are are they dead? Like, are all these deer dead? (laughs) Yeah. And, um, there's a huge fly just like hanging out over here. It's like a horse fly. (laughs) trying to kill him um so uh that was friday saturday was opening day day. and uh and i went to a spot we we kayaked in and i went to a spot that um i hunted a little bit last year and the very first deer that i saw was at nine like nine Mm o'clock in the morning which was late Mm -hmm. last year we saw no morning movement i didn't see a deer in the morning last year i don't think um we saw no morning movement last year, so um, the first deer I saw was at 9 o'clock, which is super late. It's already getting warm, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a it was probably the biggest buck I saw the whole trip, and he was at about 40 yards, and uh, he had actually gotten spooked by somebody else over to me. You could tell he came barreling through there, and I had no shot. I couldn't even get him on camera, mm-hmm. um, so I was like, okay, well, maybe the deer are up on their feet, and I ended up seeing like a little four-point. Uh, at about 9.30, mm-hmm. just coming out of the cornfield. He walked out of the cornfield into the woods um, and just walked the wood line. Yeah. He probably ended up bedding up over there somewhere Yeah, in the wood line.
2: Yeah, So why, not, why did you set up there? Because of that.
1: I wanted to watch the corn. I figured because the corn wasn't cut, mm-hmm. um, these drainages are really the only way to tell. The drainages give you a good idea, especially the drainages coming are going into or coming out of a crop field, right? Because those deer will enter and exit the Usually, field yeah. on the lowest right. part of the field, and so this specific drainage was like, um, it, it was a creek that came out of the river, and then it teed off. Mm-hmm. It went one one part of the creek went right, and one part of it went left, and it was basically just a T in this cornfield. Mm-hmm. And I set like in the in the middle of the T, so I could watch. Both sides, both drainages, and um, and it was on that cornfield. So I figured a lot. Some of the pressure was going to push those deer out from the from the middle of the property, mm-hmm. and they were going to hit those those drainages going towards the river for mm-hmm. security. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but I just I could have I, I, I would have had a shot at that four point if I wanted it. Um, first day didn't you know I was like, and the first deer that I had seen was. You know he was a good buck. Yeah. So I was like, we're gonna make this thing, we're gonna make it happen. Yeah. This is if that's any idea of what's gonna happen this trip, then it's gonna be good. Yeah. We still got eight days left. Yeah. Um. So that was that was uh that was Saturday morning. Um. I don't know that any Adam Adam saw uh, a couple does that day, that morning. That evening, uh I saw a spike, a hundred beans. I kayak to a spot, mm-hmm. and I hunted beans, and uh, I saw several does that I just didn't have a shot at, and a spike. Yeah. So I had a shot at the spike, but yeah. I really wanted to shoot one of those does. But um, so that was day one, which wasn't the worst opening day.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I saw bucks. I saw three bucks all together, and five, four or five does. Yeah. So it wasn't terrible, it, but it wasn't. Uh, you know, it wasn't what you yeah dream of yeah. you know
2: jared i, w- I would be interested here from from you being your first time going there especially for a guy that's looking at you know i know we got some listeners that had some out-of-state hunts first time out-of-state hunts what um what did what did your um what did your waypoints on onyx look like when it comes to what you were looking for and what did that first day of scouting look for like what what were you keying in
3: on yeah, so I was looking for places that maybe some other guys were overlooking, or they were a little bit farther to walk. Um, I, I was marking a lot of waterholes mm-hmm. that were, you know, on the edge of these crop fields and fingers of woods. Um, some of them were pretty good ways, pretty good walk from uh, from the parking area. So I was keying in on those. Um, I had a couple smaller, isolated fields that uh, weren't really connected to anything. They were just kind of off by themselves like you could just tell that they had just cleared out areas in the woods and Mm -hmm. I I was hoping that they were planted in clover or something like that but the ones that I found had just been tilled up like maybe a week before and I think that they they may plant oats or something like that maybe winter wheat I couldn't tell there's something very small sprouting up but uh, it was at the point where nothing was hitting it yet so there was just there was zero sign in those but um, I knew it was going to be hot, so I was really focused on water that was close to those crop fields. That's what I was looking for. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, and and water you know, water last year was not a big deal because it rained almost every single afternoon. Mm-hmm. This year it was uh, I, I wish I would have keyed in more on water sources. Obviously I was around the river, yeah. but most of the river is not a water source because it's it's just so tough. It would the 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 line the banks are so steep.
2: Yeah, tough to get down and up.
1: But yeah, it'd be tough for a deer when they've got those ponds that offer a ton of security.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So you know, and
2: it's also kind of misleading too. When you go to ag country, you're automatically drawn to the corn and the beans. Mm-hmm. But one thing they all just, yep. just like us that we we have to have something to drink. You well, know?
1: and they're getting moisture from. Yeah from those, mm-hmm. those green, you know, and they, deer, I think we talked yep. about it in a podcast fairly recently about giving, you know, human-like characteristics to, yeah. to deer when, you know, I mean, they know what they need. Yeah. They know exactly what they need. They're not just going to sit and eat corn and get fat right. when it's 95 degrees outside, Yeah. you know, they're going to eat something that gives them what they need for that time of year. Um, that doesn't mean they're not going to come to corn Mm-mm. whenever they cut it or, you know, it doesn't mean that. It just means that they have other things that yeah. they're, yeah, that they're definitely.
2: I think it's just important too for guys to always have in the back of your mind, hey, that that little pond, that little drainage that has that little mm-hmm. you know creek running through it, that little cranny, that little um, oxbow that has that lasting water that's still there. Mm-hmm. Don't it's overlook good. that spot. Yeah. You know,
1: it's good stuff. Cool. And um, another important thing was that there were some acorns dropping. Uh, but I did not see deer hitting them yet. Would you say that was pretty much the same thing, Jared, for you?
3: Um, I did find a couple white oaks that were dropping, that were close to the cornfield that the deer were hitting. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that they were probably hitting some of the stuff that was back in cover. Um, You know, it it, it didn't seem like the the acorns were, like, super widespread and all over the place. They were in small small isolated pockets and I would say that you know if there was acorns close to the bedding cover that those are what they were hitting but uh yeah I mean it didn't it didn't seem like they were absolutely hammering the ones that were dropping either I mean not the ones that i found
1: yeah I found one spot that I hunted the last evening that looked like a lot of deer had come in through there mm-hmm. and it was just a bunch of bunch of white oaks. mm-hmm that uh, and there was a bunch of acorns on the ground and a lot of notched caps and stuff, so you could tell they were yep. eating it. But they weren't just pounding acorns like yeah. It, you, I just I never saw them just pounding it every
2: they, yeah. They don't they don't um, need to right now mm-mm. with
3: corn and beans. No, yeah. Yeah.
1: tell them about the persimmons you found, Jared.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is uh, me and Adrian in a spot um, one morning with him, and we found there was one persimmon tree right beside us that was just loaded and it was dropping and the deer had been hammering that thing. I mean, the ground was all tore up and then uh, we walked further out the ridge and there's like a little finger ridge that goes down off the main part of the ridge and I bet there's 30 trees right there that just all had fruit on them and that little spot right there was just hammered. Hmm.
1: That's interesting.
2: That's interesting. Yeah, I've actually found that if you can find a persimmon tree... It's like the holy grail sometimes of, I mean, they will walk through an acorn flat to get to the persimmons.
1: Yeah, I've also heard, though, that in this time of, like, that it doesn't offer any nutritional value.
2: Oh, no, it's just sweet.
1: To them. It's like candy. Yeah, exactly. So, this time of the year, I'd be interested to know if they're, because you said they're pounding them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of deer sign on there.
2: They're not going to last much longer though, either. They
1: won't. Maybe they. Maybe it's something that they just know is like, we only got a limited amount of time. That's why white oaks, yeah. acorns are. Well, that's why muscadines. So popular.
2: Like same thing with 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 mm-hmm. muscadines. You know. Yeah. Um That they they will hit them because they know. Hey, these things are about to die. Mm-hmm. You know. And then, um, I've I've just seen that. I've seen them walk through. I mean, in, you know, Florida. We could bait so there was corn. You know, so I mean, right. they'd walk through corn. To, to hit those. To to hit them, and just because it's candy.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. So that that's kind of what we were seeing through throughout the throughout the trip. I mean, it'll eventually change. It'll yeah. probably change in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, the moon phase yeah, is definitely going to change yeah. everything. When they start cutting corn, that changes everything. And when the acorns start really becoming a main food source. Yeah. Yeah. That'll Jared, change everything.
2: With with you and Adrian finding that that hot spot with the with the persimmons and stuff. How many sits did y'all have on that? Was it just one, or, or did y'all kind of key in on that?
3: Um, so we went into this spot blind in the morning. So mm-hmm. we went in in the dark and set up, and just so happened the one persimmon tree was like 15 yards from us. <laughs> um, so we we ended up scouting that whole area out. We walked way up in the head of this drainage and hit some of these secondary points off the ridge and found a couple super fresh buck beds i mean they were huge and they, they were pretty well used so i'm thinking we bumped the whatever was in there um when we hit that ridge that had all the percentage mm-hmm. we bumped a pile of those out of there there was five or six does that were bedded there so i felt like we blew, you know we blew the whole place out okay. so we just we pulled we pulled out and uh we never we never did get a chance to go back okay all right that's yeah
1: which it which y'all were not really there with Adrian, y'all weren't there for very long. Um
3: Yeah, he he got in Friday night and he left uh Sunday afternoon, so he had a pretty pretty short amount of time. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean it was Saturday
3: hunts,
1: yeah. Saturday Did y'all hunt Sunday evening?
3: Um no. So he hunted Friday evening, Saturday morning oh. evening and then Sunday mornings so Yeah, four sits. Yep. Four sits. Four sits. Um
1: but everything does change out there. It changes. My strategy going yeah. into it was don't overthink it. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what we talked about. Because yeah, you, we, were, you
2: were really focused on that this year. Was yeah. Just like,
1: Try not to overthink yeah. it. When you see deer, keep hunting them. And and, and I'll be honest with you, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. It, it did. I mean, uh, I didn't come home empty-handed. That was the goal. Yeah, um, I got a velvet buck. I saw more deer. But <clears throat> it I think there was, I think there was a better way. I still, I'm, I came home thinking there was a better way to hunt it this year. Mm-hmm. And I did not get it.
4: Yeah.
1: I think things would have been different if they would have cut the corn while we were there, like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they just, I, I still think that there was, I think there was a better way, um, which taught me a lesson. The lesson that that taught me is, is you just have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. You have to be flexible. Yep, yep. And and the moment when you start seeing things, I probably on Sunday when Clayton saw that bigger buck in the woods with a bunch of does mm-hmm. coming off of a ridge, I, that's when my game plan should have changed.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. it should have. But also, yours did take, change some, too, because you actually walked in and killed a deer. Yeah. I, I
1: adapted a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to use my kayak. We can kind of talk about that. So I I use my kayak most of the time while I was there and I was seeing deer, Mm -hmm. you know, I was seeing a lot of fawns, a ton of fawns, some Mm -hmm. bucks, small bucks, a few does, you know, I was seeing deer every single sit for sure. Um, nothing really got in range other than the fawns and didn't do that, you know, so, uh, I was getting poison oak or poison ivy or sumac or something.
2: Oh, we all saw.
1: Yeah, if you watch the video, which <laughs> it's up right now. Both videos are up right now. And uh, so you can kind of watch those and
2: follow along with us. Um, <laughs> how much How much NyQuil and how much stuff did you? <laughs> I, bro, I didn't take anything. Like, <laughs> N- I took a nothing? little bit of Benadryl. Benadryl, that's it?
1: Um, And then I had some Xanaphyl or something. Xanaphyl? It's like a poison ivy scrub. Yeah. It's like forty five dollars at Walmart. Yeah, and they give you a little <laughs> tiny tube that looks like Neosporin, <laughs> and it didn't do anything, man. So I, I and I knew I knew I was going to get poison ivy as soon as I touched it, and I touched it on purpose. It wasn't like I was trying to get away from it.
4: Yeah,
1: uh, there was a tree, and I had to climb that <laughs> tree. That was a tree I needed to be in, and I climbed it, and I was like, I'm going to get poison ivy. I didn't know how bad it was going to be. But I knew I was going to get it. Because
2: I actually texted you halfway through just to make sure, like... I'm alive. Yeah, you hadn't given up on life and just, you know, took the no. kayak off a, you know, ledge or something. No, <laughs> off the
1: waterfall. Um, no, so I uh, I climbed this tree on Sunday morning is when I got it. And uh, it was bad. Yeah. It was a rough, it was a rough tree. Um, <laughs> it had like four or five vines going up me
2: and Jared are laughing because we didn't get you didn't get it
1: it's fine I don't care I did it on purpose I mean it's not like I went out and said I'm gonna get poison ivy today but you had to be in that tree but that was that was the only tree that I could have been in in that in that scenario yeah um and had the shot opportunities for the trails that I was hunting (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um and so I I climbed that tree and as I went up I I, from the ground actually I grabbed the the vine Mm Mm-hmm And I broke it, all five of them. Yeah. Broke them. Then I started just pulling them. Well, one of them fell straight down on me in the dark on my face. And I was like, it may not have really gotten me that bad. Because I've done that before, you know. Uh, And then I did all of them. And then from then on out, man, it was like gradual. Just every day, worse, worse, worse. I got to where it was in between every single one of my fingers. I I couldn't hardly shut my, close my hand, my left hand, because my hand was so swollen, like it looked like a baseball mitt. Uh, I mean, you can still, my whole arm, my left arm was swollen. It was just gigantic. And like, if it looked like if you were to put a needle to it, it would just pop it. My whole arm would pop. (laughs) My right hand had poison ivy, had the rash in between every single finger and up, up onto my fingers. And then... Up, up my whole arm
4: mm.
1: and then my face was swollen and that was pretty much the whole week like sleeping was pretty miserable i went and bought that stuff that Xanafel or whatever and i had like man i'd scrub it down and it's supposed to it's like 45 bucks for this tiny little tube
4: yeah
1: it's supposed to work and it worked on my face but it didn't work on anything else Yeah. and it's gone now like it's it's completely gone and uh and it really didn't do a whole lot uh, I didn't start getting better as far as my hands and my arms until I got home. And I had some of that tech, it's like tech new, I think is yeah. what it's called. It's like gel. Anyway, I knew I was getting it.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, I was still kayaking every day and still like, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this thing. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep grinding and I'm, I've am i got to kill a deer in Kentucky. Well, um, I kind of hit a point where I was like, you know what? I'm not seeing Anything in range. Yep. I need to go sit over a bean field, where I can just walk in. Mm-hmm. This was on Tuesday. Um, Tuesday morning, I hit a spot and I ended up jumping up like four or five bucks.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I was going to go hunt a drainage in between a bean field and a cornfield, and I just wasn't seeing the sign in there, so I kept walking, trying to find sign. The sun came up. And before I know it, it's like seven o'clock and I'm still walking, trying to find sign. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to walk. So I walked a little bit further. I ended up popping down on the river bottom and walking along the river. And I started finding sign. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Well, I get to the spot that I was going to hunt, that I was looking in between the cornfield and the bean field, that drainage. And that's where I jumped those bucks at. So in between the time that I (laughs) passed it, And then walked back. So in that hour, those (laughs) freaking four or five bucks had passed through there. And so uh, I ended up setting up on them. They had bedded down right there next to the water. I set up on them and um, they never came back. But um, so that was the first walk in. Mm -hmm. And um, that evening I was like, I know exactly where I'm going to go, which is the spot where I saw that buck last year, Mm -hmm. the velvet buck. That I never got a shot at because my rangefinder broke. Yeah, and it was corn. They had just cut the corn that yeah. day, and I saw that big buck in there. And it's actually the same exact spot where the next day after I saw that buck, Michael went in there, and he did the spot and stalk on the six point that he killed last yeah. year, on the last day. So we knew there was deer in there. We knew there was a lot of deer. It was planted in beans this year. Um, so I thought, you know, surely I'll see a deer yeah. in here that I can shoot. Uh, right off the bat, I see a doe pretty early. She smells where I had walked in at, trying to look for a tree that I could get a shot at, uh, and she spooked off. And then right at dark, um, this buck comes in. It was it was pretty crazy. Um, he comes in from my where I had walked in at, mm-hmm. is and he came just barreling through there, man, straight at my tree, and he hits my wind. And just stands there for like 15 minutes, just kind of licking his nose, trying to figure out what's going on. He eventually, um, and I'm trying to film him. I'm trying to get my camera in between my stomach and the tree, yeah. so like in between me, so that I can film him on my uh, kind of left strong, strong side behind me a little ways. So my Seven left. O'clock, eight o'clock. Yeah, 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 it'd be about my, yeah, 7 o'clock. Yeah. So I'm, I'm filming him. He ends up saying, you know what, I'm hungry, and he goes to the beans. And I take a shot. Now, I want to talk about this shot for a second, because anybody who's watched the video has seen this first shot. Um, and you can see it. It looks sketchy. Like, Jared, did you watch it?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did
1: you think, why in God's name would Parker take that shot?
3: I kind of thought that, but, you know, I didn't want to judge it too bad.
1: Did you think that, Drew?
3: My
2: hand is raised. Drew, Drew's but, hand is raised. also, I didn't know camera angle. Yeah, you know. camera angle. So that's what yeah. I was going to say.
1: Like, here's the deal. I have worked my butt off in Kentucky to try to kill a deer. I'm like, I'm not going to throw it away by taking a shot through brush. Right. It's not going to. Right. Especially when that deer's walking towards the clear bean field. Right. What I knew was, is there in this spot, I have the wood line. I have a buffer strip of mm-hmm. like grass, tall yeah. grass, and then I have the beans. So to the beans is like 35 yards. Yeah. And this deer was on a pretty quick pace to those beans. So my thought process is I've got a, a window that was probably about two foot by two foot. So mm-hmm. it's, it's plenty big enough yeah. of a window to shoot through mm-hmm. at 18 yards is where he's standing at. Broadside at 18 yards. I'm taking the shot. Yeah. Why wouldn't I take that shot? now my camera is at my knee level right that's about like in between my waist and my knee so it's low <laughs> and so it's basically looking through
4: mm-hmm.
1: the trees so you can't see the you can't see the it angle see that an I'm opening. seeing you yeah. can't see that opening um, but what you can see is I didn't make up for the the arch I guess of the of the arrow when it comes out of the bow so mm-hmm. it hits a bigger branch. Um, immediately after yeah. it comes out of the bow, um, which which is my fault, but at the same time I was not taking a sketchy shot. Yeah, at all. Yeah. Like,
2: yeah.
1: well, I would not throw it away right there. When I was
2: watching, I was like, "Man, that's probably camera angle." But for for that first shot, your second shot I made up for because right. you you 12 offering yeah, that joke at yeah, thirty five.
1: So, so he he ended up. I, I ended up. Taking that shot, it deflected off that branch, and then it kind of deflected down into another branch. And then back towards the deer, and it ended up, like, just hitting his, the hair on his neck. Yeah. And I saw hair fly up. You can't really see it in the footage, but I definitely saw it. And I thought to myself, that may kill him.
4: hmm
1: Like, I'm not seeing him come out back into the beans, which is the direction he ran. Yeah. That may have just sliced him open. Yeah. Um, which I had, my very first bow kill was like that. Mm when I was young (laughs) and uh and I thought no surely not well and I I ended up hearing some I hear deer coming from that direction and he walks in the grass in that tall grass and gives me a perfect shot at like 20 yards
2: what was it 20 yeah it was
1: not very far and
2: it looked far on camera
1: yeah well because I have the camera all the way zoomed out yeah to where so i can catch everything i
2: mean you could just say it's 35 i mean yeah you
1: know. it was 50 59 <laughs> yards uh, <laughs> no it was it was it was right at like 22 yards i yeah. think is what it was and i don't think that i've ever put that good of a shot on a deer um
2: because he died on camera
1: and he died yeah he ran about i don't know what do you think jared 30 yards maybe 30 40
3: yards yeah 30 40 yards yep
1: and, uh, and piled up in that bean field. And we got to pack him out. I've never done that I before. I want to ask
3: you about that, too. That's yeah.
2: Yep, how, I, did, how did the uh, pack do with that?
1: The Eberly stock was really good. It worked really well. Nice. Um, We weren't terribly far away from the parking area, but it was far enough to where it, it would be a lot better to, to pack it out than drag it. Yeah. Um. Anything's better than drag it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: Anything's better than drag it. Yeah,
1: for, definitely. <laughs> and um, so I called Jared up and... I knew he had just gotten there. I was like, "Hey, man, you want to help me drag this deer?" So him and him and Michael, which Michael had zero service the whole trip. He had no service, <laughs> phone service out there, and so you couldn't you couldn't do anything and tell Michael that you, what you were doing. You yeah. had to like either wait for him to drive by or just let Michael leave because there's no way to contact Michael out there. And uh,
3: smoke signals, yeah, yeah, smoke signals.
1: <laughs> Mike, when you see a firework, that means come follow the firework. Follow the bright star. (laughs) Um, So, um, so he ends up, Michael was hunting around the same area that I was hunting and uh, he comes through and which was pretty funny because he saw, he saw my lighted air, my lighted knock from what I missed. And he was so confused. He was like, cool. What? Oh, oh, what was it? This is pretty funny. (laughs) I was like, I was like, uh, I killed a little buck. He's like, okay, cool. He's <laughs> like, not excited at all. Like, yeah. like, zero emotion. I was like, crap, Mike, gosh, i a jerk. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, that's that. That is kind of a downer. When, yeah, like, when like you're excited and yeah. you want your buddy to be excited for you. Yeah, and he's like, he's all like, right,
1: cool, all right, Cool, man. let's yeah, go get it. Let's go get it. So, so me and Jared are sitting there. And Jared's like doing some filming and stuff of me emptying out all my gear out mm-hmm. of my bag so that we can go pack this thing out. And Michael's in the back of his truck and randomly he goes, heck yeah, dude, you got one. I mean, this is like 10 minutes afterwards.
3: And we're like, what? It was like super delayed response.
1: <laughs> it was so funny. I could, I'm like, really? That was that's, super late. That's good. Uh, so we ended up going out there, man. And we, we packed it out. It was a lot of fun, man. It felt, it felt so good. Redemption. It was it was redemption for me. And the thing is, is that it wasn't a big deer at all. It was not a big buck, but he yeah. was in full velvet. And I knew I would have been just as happy because there was a time last year where I would have shot that buck, no questions asked. Yeah. And so I, I knew how I felt then. I'd already spent God knows how much money just to try to hunt Kentucky. Like, I I am filling my tag. I because mean,
2: you went. Twice yeah.
1: last year? I went three times three, last year. Three times last year. I, time. missed, I missed, I uh, missed, like three times last year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I mean, for me, I, I preach this a lot. Like, it's all about the experience that you want to have. If, if you're not going to be happy with, with a small buck or a doe or whatever, then don't shoot one. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you are going to be happy yep. with it, then do it. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is public land. It's it's not going to come easy. You're not hunting tame whitetails. No. You know, I mean, that buck. It, it it was, it was on camera. Walking in, I mean, it was just, it was exactly what I was looking for.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, I'm a, I'm a human. I'm a deer hunter. Would I have rather killed a 130 inch buck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but I never once. After I released that arrow, the second one, after I released that arrow and watched him fall, I never said to myself, man, I wish I would have just held off. I'm glad I didn't because I never, I hunted, I kept hunting for does Mm -hmm. and I saw one bigger buck, but he winded me. I would have never had another shot opportunity at a, at a buck. That doesn't mean I may have hunted a little bit differently, you know, had I not filled that buck tag, but still, you know, it, it was, uh, it was everything I wanted. I left there and I was jacked. Yeah. I was pumped up. Yeah. So.
2: Now, um, now, Jared, I heard that you killed yours about as far as I could punt a football. Yeah. So let's talk about that. That's what I heard. Now, <laughs> I mean, Parker, you know, <laughs> I'm going to let you confirm or deny that. But um, all right. So
1: <laughs> let's let's do this real quick. Jared, did you kill your deer on Wednesday or Thursday?
3: <laughs> not yet.
1: What? Are you there?
3: Yeah, Thursday night. Yep. Thursday night. Yep.
1: Thursday night. Okay. Yep. So, came in Wednesday or no Tuesday, got my buck out. Tuesday night. Yep. Hunted, hunted all day Wednesday and all day Thursday, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, yep. So, so Jared, let's talk about your trip. My trip was pretty much over by then. I saw a few does and one other buck, um, but let's talk about let's talk about how your trip kind of went.
3: Yes, yeah, so like I said, I got there Tuesday night. I did just a real quick scouting trip and then ended up helping you get your buck out, which that was a lot of fun. Kind of broke the ice for the trip for me. Um, Wednesday morning, um, I slept in because I didn't want really to go in completely blind in the dark in an area that I'd never been, you know, and risked blowing something out. So I got up, you know, fairly early still and went out and uh, had a spot in mind, hiked back in there. And man, it looked it looked so good. A lot of your sun, um, water, corn, you know, hardwoods, you know, that joins it. And I kind of scouted it out and <clears throat> picked a tree and was really confident. You know, I was looking for a spot to hunt that evening. And I turned to leave to get out of there, and there's a dude sitting in a tree stand 40 yards away, just staring at me. <laughs> 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 so I did the uh, I did the awkward wave. <laughs> so I up and just backed out of there with my, my tail tucked between my legs <laughs> but uh i ended up going around to the other side of the field and dropping off into you know a creek bottom and found some white oak dropping. um found some good trails and i ended up finding a spot that even for that evening that you know i had some confidence and it was it a was pretty, pretty good looking spot so I sat there for the evening, and uh, I only saw a fawn, some spotted fawn, and uh, I left that evening with really no plan. Um, you know, I knew I was going to hunt the next morning, go in in the dark for the first time, so, um, you know, I talked to my buddy Clayton Vaughn, and he had sent me a spot, and he said, hey, you know, good to get us out, you know, I saw some deer here, and, you know, maybe they'd try it out." so... Um, on the way to this spot is where I gain the intel for this next sit where I kill my bucks. So I'm driving down gravel road, there's thick nasty brush on my left, cornfield on my right, and the road makes a bend out in front of me and there's a parking area kind of right where my you know, right at the end of my headlight range basically. So I see a deer across the road out of the corn and you know, big body deer, I can tell it's a buck. So he crosses out of that corn, just kind of walking. He's you know, not spooked or anything. He hops off into that brush. So, you know, I head out to the spot that I was, you know, originally planning to hunt, keeping this back in my mind. So, yeah. as I'm sitting there that morning, not seeing anything, I pull out Onyx and I start looking at the spot that he ran into. And uh, once I pulled it up, you know, looked at the aerial image of it, it just made perfect sense that a buck would head there. Um, it's basically a kind of thing in between bean and cornfield and there's a water hole right in the middle of it. And um, I was like, man, I've got to check that out because I'm 100% sure that there's better there right now. So um, I scouted another spot after that morning sit. I ended up doing like a four and a half mile loop. It was 95 degrees and I literally thought I was going to die of a heat stroke. I like <laughs> at one point I pulled my phone out and was going to message Parker and tell him where I was at just in case I died out there and there were a It was just just brutal absolutely.
1: and you know how you know how gingers get when they get hot they get all red my brother's their,
2: one yes their I know. face yeah. looks like
1: they're about to die
2: they they look yeah, 10 the times time. hotter than the <laughs> average <person.
1: Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: so yeah, we're not uh, we're not built to be husband, you know? <laughs> you're built you're built to
1: live in alaska
3: <laughs> but you know I, I did that scouting trip that morning and then um you know, I sat in the truck and cooled off for a little while and I'm like, I've got to go check this other spot out because I think that's that's going to be the one. So, I literally parked right beside the road. I walked six yards to this water hole that's tucked back in, in the cover and immediately buck tracks around the water, um, old historical rubs, all these little shrubs that are around the, the pond, um, found a buck bed right there, and... Um, you know, if you not in the amount of time, you know, you walk into a spot and your senses just tell you, like, immediately, like, you know, this is the spot to be. Yeah. And that's how I felt when I got into this spot. So, um, yeah. I basically, I, you know, I was trying to be as low impact <clears> as possible. You know, I suck in really quiet. You know, I kind of figured out where I needed to be and I, I got the heck out of there. Mm hmm. You know,
1: up <laughs> so, so one of the things that that day, um, I was going in. I was trying to edit the video for the the first video. I would already mm-hmm. killed my buck, and uh, I had edited the video all day on Wednesday. And I was I was going, I was in town trying to upload <laughs> the video to YouTube at Taco Bell. At Taco Bell. Well, apparently Kentucky <laughs> doesn't believe in like <laughs> Wi-Fi. Literally, my hotspot. I was running my hotspot on four, one bar of four G, and it was going faster than there than the <laughs> Wi Fi at Taco Bell. So, um, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to hunt. I'm just going to try to do this. I'll go see if maybe I'll just drive drive around and see if I can find a buck for Mike mm. and Jared to hunt.
4: Yeah,
1: I was like, that'll be fun, and yeah, maybe I can get some deer on on camera or something yeah. like that. And uh, and Jared ends up. Calling me and being like, hey, do you have any extra milkweed? So I was at Taco Bell. I wasn't going to go out until probably 6 o'clock and drive around. I was at Taco Bell. I was like, you know what? This isn't doing me any good
4: mm-hmm.
1: here. I'm not making it anywhere. I'm on like 7% uploaded. <laughs> I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to go out there. So I meet Jared in the parking area where this buck was standing at that morning. Yep. I meet Jared and I give him some, I give him Literally. some, some milkweed. <laughs> And I was like, listen, bro, if you kill this buck, I'm, ga- I'm taking the credit for it for giving you the milkweed. So you got the good stuff now. I'm your milkweed yep, dealer. And uh, so I gave him that milkweed, and uh, I ended up driving around a little bit, and I filmed some does and stuff that, that evening. Um, and <laughs> I go to this spot. Right, and I, I ended up seeing some does get chased by a coyote, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there, you know. The sun. I, I have my dove stool out, like my dove hunting chair. <laughs> I'm just filming deer <laughs> in the bean field. Like I, I walk, I parked at it, got out of my car, kind of walked over a knoll, and just sat down on this little chair. And uh, I didn't have my phone, so my phone is in the car, on my hotspot, trying to just still upload this video. And uh, so. I sit there till dark. I take a couple pictures of the moon and stuff. I'm like, "Oh, it's so pretty." Whatever. Well, I get in the car, I get I get in the car. Got to get content. And I, yeah, content. I had two missed calls from Jared. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Uh-oh." Yeah.
2: That's exactly what that means.
1: was <laughs> like, "So I start filming immediately. So Jared, you can you can take it from there."
3: Yeah, so, you know, I when I got back that morning from scouting, I actually fell asleep in my trailer and ended up sleeping a little bit longer than I planned. And, uh, by the time I met Parker and, you know, hiked the whole 60 yards, it was a really long, hard hike to get in there. (laughs) It was was almost six o'clock. Um, and like Parker can tell you these fields, like the trees that you have to pick to get in are not good. Yeah. Very few trees to get in, kind of gnarly, and just a lot of limbs and stuff, but um, my access did not go very smooth, I'll just be completely honest. Um, I couldn't, I didn't want to go through the woods where I thought the deer could be, so I walked around the edge of the beam, the, the tip of this, you know, little finger wood. and um, so there's like a little strip of grass that leads back into this bedding area, and I figured that this deer would work for a way out through that grass, so, you know, obviously didn't want to walk through that grass and leave my ground tent, but because of the the brush and stuff that was on that field edge, that's actually what I had to do, and I was yeah. kind of kicking myself the whole time, because, you know, it's just a rookie mistake um, to walk across this deer trail like that. So, um, I get up in a tree, kicking myself, and I'm like, never going to work, is there going to wind me? Um, the wind was actually not very good for my setup, it was blowing right down the edge of the field, so... Um, I could have possibly have shot off if they had come down that, that CRP strip, but it was going to be it was going to be one of those iffy situations, yeah. to say the least. So um, it was getting close to dark. I can't remember exactly what time it was. Probably was it a little after seven? Parker? Probably.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what time you actually called me. I know that I had two missed calls from you, and it was not quite dark yet. Like you should have been like maybe. Packing your stuff up in the tree at that point. Yeah,
3: yeah, it wasn't quite dark yet. was still decent amount of light, but uh, I hear you know I'm set up in this tree. You know, I, you know I'm in a saddle. I'm from a saddle. The tree I'm in is leaning toward the field, so I can't really swing around the tree at all. I'm kind of stuck to the back side of it, which is fine for the, the shot out into the field. So I'm sitting there. Um, I hear something behind me into the, the fear woods, and I turn around and I see a deer coming kind of around the point headed toward the bean field. So I didn't know what it was at this point. It was just a deer. But, you know, I usually when I see a deer, I'm getting ready to go, you know, just in case. So I turn on my camera, have it pointed out into the bean field, got my bow ready, and then the deer, instead of coming out into the beans, turns It comes into the woods with me which is like the worst thing that could possibly happen (laughs) because it's so thick in there. And I didn't have anything behind me cleared out. Like it was just limbs and it was just awful. So at this point I see it's a buck and, you know, I see a tall rack four on one side and full velvet. And that's big enough for me. I don't care how big it is. You know, I've always wanted to shoot a full velvet buck and that was my goal. And uh, I knew he was, he was a pretty good looking dealer. So, he comes walking in. I had to spin in the saddle <clears throat> to shoot him at seven o'clock behind me. So I grunt at him to stop him. He stops the body in his shoot. i trying to turn around and get boat. So he's looking at me. He's looking straight up at me. I draw my bow back. I've got it hung up in the limb that's behind me. <laughs> so I'm trying to duck and turn my bow sideways to get underneath the limb while I'm at full throw. So you can just imagine this in your head. Um <laughs> you'll get to see you'll get to see it in the video when it comes out. But the uh, deer just stands there and looks at me. He didn't spook. I guess he just couldn't see up into this hole that I was in. I mean I was like pretty covered, but you know, I got the bow situated and got the pin on him and I let one loose and just hammered him, just dropped him right where he was at. I hit him through both shoulder blades, mm. you know, downward angle through both shoulder blades and he dropped and, uh, you know, he was laying there on his back, and I could tell that he was probably going to try to get up again. So I shot him again, and he was dead 14 yards from the tree right there. <laughs> Dang, dude. Gosh. 14 yards from
1: the tree and 14 yards from the road. <laughs> <sighs>
3: <Yeah. Gosh. laughs>
2: so, Jared, I have, I have two questions for you. first one is this. Yeah. Uh, in In your opinion, what made people overlook that spot? And then two, um, you you had said, and you, you kind of made like a rookie mistake or whatever, uh, what would you do different in, in accessing that 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 particular spot?
1: Hey, Jared. Yeah. Real yep. quick, I want to say this. Well, I, I'll let you answer it, Jared, and then I'm going to, if you don't say the right thing, then I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> so what made people overlook it?
3: Okay, so there's a parking lot um, right beside the spot. So I'm thinking that, you know, honestly people, well, most people aren't going to think that close to a road. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, there's nice green bean fields, you know, pretty much all the way around this place. Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just a patch of brush with a little water hole in the middle of it. And I mean, I'm a small water hole, like the hood of a truck size. I mean, it was really small. So
1: wow.
3: I just think it was so close to the road that people just didn't even give a second
1: thought. On. All right. All right. So I'm going to interrupt you because that wasn't the right answer. They didn't overlook it. People had been hunting there. There was a freaking ground blind laying on like not far.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, it the ground blind was... was, it was about a hundred yards from me where I was sitting. It was across the bean field, across the tip of the bean field. Okay. Say. And there was somebody
1: else so... that was hunting in that same strip, right?
3: Yeah, this was, this was after the fact that we learned this, because I right. didn't know. But yeah. we talked to another guy that he had walked in there to hunt on the other side of the brush, and I guess he saw a guy in a ladder stand. But he was out on the opposite side on on the other being field. So if you're trying to picture this place, it's like two parallel strips of wood, it's like a like an equal sign, basically, with a CRP strip in the middle, and then there's another another strip of woods running north to south, like straight through that. So it's like, you know, five fingers, basically. Yeah. You can picture that. Okay.
2: Yeah. 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 And he was, he was bedded up in there.
3: (sighs) To be honest with you, I don't know where he came from because he came from behind me. Like he walked the same access trail in that I, I walked in. So I, yeah, I can't tell you where exactly he was bedded at. And it, you know, still doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, he had to have been fairly close. You know, within a hundred yards or so. Yeah.
4: But, huh?
3: And
2: that, yeah, that's it's just. That's very interesting to me because it sounds like I mean, well, there there was a lot of pressure in there, but he was. Yeah, Parker's kind of um, giving me the overview on onyx right now. I'm um, kind of showing. Um, yep. It's it. That's just amazing to me how they can hide even with 300s within a hundred yards of them. You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so I was thinking about this today, too. Um, so that ground blind was across the end of that bean field. So this deer came out behind me, and he was using I'm, – I'm assuming – I'm kind of thinking where he came from. Um, I'm assuming that he was traveling the edge of some really high grass in the woods, and he was coming around to the tip of that point, and then he dropped down into the woods. And I'm wondering if he wasn't going to make a circle around where that ground blind was sitting you know what I mean? Like a wide circle to kind of get downwind of it. Cause that's the way the wind was blowing. Okay. So that's, that's one thought. I don't know if it's right or not, but that's just right. kind of what I was thinking maybe yeah. he was trying to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the second part, what would you do different? Like how would, how would you access differently?
3: Yeah. So in hindsight, the way I accessed it was just fine. The way the deer came in, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I would have done it, a different way you know he may have caught my groundson when he came in the woods right there right so yeah it's just one of those things like if if the deer would have done exactly what i thought they were going to do i would have been in trouble but mm-hmm. he did the opposite yeah i was you know i was actually fine
4: yeah
1: i'm looking at it i mean i'm looking at it on a map right now and even like i didn't know that you had actually walked the edge of the beans to get there like in that grass so, if I'm yep. looking at this thing the way that I'm going to access it, probably every time is through the woods right where that deer came through. Really? I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, if I'm trying to do the less disturbance... Now, the difference is, is that pond may make a difference in me saying, okay, there mm-hmm. may be there may be deer bedded by that pond. Yeah. So, right. I don't want to go around that to
3: set up. Yeah. Um. So that I was, yeah, I that know. was kind of my thinking, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things um, in hindsight, you know, it, it worked out the way it did, and it was it was good. It could have gone a million different ways, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah it's just crazy how it worked out, really. That's the
1: interesting <laughs> thing, though. So th- that hunt started, and this is like a simple thing that people overlook always. That hunt started... Yep. At five o'clock in the morning, or or however early it was when you mm-hmm. saw him in the parking lot, that's when it yep. started. Yeah, you know how many people see deer driving in and they don't ever give it a second thought? Where did that deer go?
2: Yeah,
1: he yeah. didn't go that far. Yeah. Not this time of year.
2: Yeah, no. I mean, they... you're
1: you're right next to the crops right now, so he's not going to be going very far. Oh,
2: he had crops and water right there. He's he's not going far at all. Mm-hmm.
1: And honestly, yeah. that buck yeah, is that, yeah. that buck is probably sitting there. Watching every person that comes into that, that parking was, area. That was my
2: next question, Jared. Is do you do you think he was sitting there watching that that parking area?
3: Yeah, I don't know if he could exactly see it from where he was. Back. Okay. Yeah. You know, obviously, I don't know where exactly bed was, but he was so close that he could absolutely hear every car that comes down that road. Like, absolutely. Yeah, because you
2: you just hear guys like I mean, Dan. Then Infault tells that story about you know that that big buck he killed right in the crotch of the tree, where he was he was literally looking at the parking lot, you know, mm-hmm. just and um yeah. and then even even the guy that killed that eight point that was in the campground say they, they seen him yeah. from the road right mm-hmm. just bedded like right beside it,
1: they watched yeah. the deer cross the road cross the road and enter into the bean field, I think that's that's an interesting thing like that was my whole idea that the the day that I killed my deer. When I ended up setting up on those bucks that I jumped out of their bed, yeah, because I mean, well, they're bedded there, yeah. and it worked. They're gonna come back eventually. I might as well set up here. It's
2: almost like spot and stalk out in the Midwest.
1: It is, and so I, yeah. I think I think a lot of guys mm-hmm. would have overlooked that. There's no telling how many guys that week actually saw that buck around there mm-hmm. in the in the you know yeah. early in the morning. I know Clayton did, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that that's another part of the story too that I forgot to mention is that, you know, I was while I was hunting that other spot, you know, I was texting back with Clayton and I told him what I saw and he said, Well I saw a buck do the same exact thing right there. You know, at that point I was like, Yeah, okay, I I have to check this spot out because, you know, it just makes too much sense. And uh you know, like you said, Parker, how many guys saw that buck and didn't even think about it? Just said, Oh look, you know, there's a deer, keep on yeah. driving.
1: Hey, I'll tell but you I'll another another good example yeah. is Shane Simpson in North Dakota. North Dakota. I don't know if you watched that that hunt that he did with Garrett Prawl. But they the very beginning of their trip, they get there and they start scouting and they're just driving. And they, they see a buck. We don't ever see it on camera. The buck just runs across the road. At the end of the trip, Shane kills that buck. Mm-hmm. He just walks off the road. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, he, he's here somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm. So... We just can't yep. overthink it. You literally just can't. You overthink
1: it. You cannot overthink it. It's, it's, it's. Yeah, exactly. It's so tactical, and not tactical at the same time. Yeah, because
2: people are just, oh, that's a that's a buck, mm-hmm. that's a deer. No, oh, okay. You know,
1: you think you have to push in deep every single time, and you really don't.
2: Yeah, and I'll be honest, that can you know jumping into this running gun a little bit last year, but then going full out with a saddle and everything this year, you get on all the forums and stuff like that, and you listen to guys, and you know, that's one of the things they, they say all the time. Find, you know, the the spot farthest away, the deepest woods. I mean, the places where nobody's at. And yeah, there's, there, there is truth to that, okay? Well, if everybody else is thinking that, that same thing that I'm thinking, which is I gotta walk a mile, two miles, 60 yards at the buck looking at me, walking that two miles, you know? Hey, yeah. 60 yards.
1: What other deer, what, or what other animal do you know that does that? That's that, Intuitive. Like yeah. Don't bird, birds don't do it. Turkeys don't do it. Turkeys don't turkeys don't roost over parking areas with the intention of watching the parking area. I'm glad you know
2: I'm, I'm glad deer are not a predator animal. Yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah, for but, sure they would win. Yes. These
1: deer are watching. Hunters walk in. We've
2: talked about this numerous times on this podcast. How many times, especially in clubs, you know, uh-huh. literally the best spot is right by the gate. Yeah. Because people, yeah. I mean, you walk in, deer see you, they hear the gate, all this different stuff. That
1: is a, Jared, Jared, he, I, I think I was telling my dad this, Jared outsmarted a buck that was trying to outsmart him.
2: That's what I love.
1: Not The buck was not just trying to survive. He was specifically <laughs> there because he was trying to outsmart hunters. What I
2: like too is that Jared went in there and like a bunch of hunters in there with like ladder stands and <laughs> ground blinds. Jared's got Cabela's on this whole thing, you know, like yeah. <laughs> and walks in there with a saddle and just and 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 Jared, um, I know that the saddle was key to this hunt because you got in that tree that was you might not could have got into, but also like you were able to go a spot where a ladder stand or a climber necessarily couldn't go. And I know we talk a lot about the saddle here, but it is really, yep. it's not just a fad. It's, it is a tool of the way that we hunt.
3: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, these, a lot of the bucks I shoot, you know, I shoot them in places where they've never been hunted before. Right. They, they've never seen a guy in a tree in that spot, right? You know, these weird little trees or these gnarly trees that guys aren't going to go through the effort to get in. Um, that's where I'm killing most of the bucks, you know, just because you take them by complete surprise, you know, you know, a lot that's of funny. times it's your first time to sit yeah. and then you're sitting in a tree that they've, they've never seen somebody. in. so it's, it's a huge advantage in my mind. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was even the case in where I killed that buck at. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's not climber trees in there. Yeah. In fact, whenever I, yeah. whenever I, that doesn't mean people haven't hunted it in a climber somewhere around there. But that spot where I was in, where you could see that ditch, you're not climbing a tree in there. Yeah. You just won't.
2: Well, there's a reason there's a ground blind there.
1: Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yep. <laughs> most of these
1: field edges are not, and almost everybody out there is hunting with a climber. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, guys, I don't know how you're doing this. Yeah. Not only is it 95 degrees, and most of these guys aren't using hand climbers, lone wolf hand climbers. They're using API yeah. Grand Slam, yeah. Summit Vipers. Yeah. yeah. Goliath. Which are comfortable. Comfy. No. Yeah. Nobody's worried about comfy yeah. in the ninety five. You ain't you you're not gonna be comfortable no matter what in ninety five degree weather. <laughs> no, no. In no. fact, the only thing you will be is more uncomfortable. Yeah. So I would rather like you can either be uncomfortable or you can be more uncomfortable. Yeah. That's pretty much your options. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How was Kentucky? It was uncomfortable but some experienced
3: uncomfortable. more uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it could have been worse, but it was uncomfortable.
3: <laughs> that's exactly, right. that's true. Hey, yeah. Hey, partner. what about the guy that we saw at the campground that had the ladder stand in the his truck? With yeah.
2: On it? Come on, I love With this. wheels. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yes. Straight
2: up
1: with wheels. <laughs> wheel
2: this Joker, was...
1: <laughs> and he was not young, this Joker was going in there with... A ladder stand, on wheels. Every day, I'm getting tired from carrying a saddle and a couple of sticks. Yeah, this guy,
2: which weighs like what, six pounds? Yeah, like nine pounds. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's discomfort and there's more discomfort. That's yeah. all there is. Um, now, uh, now, Jared, I, I'm I'm going to talk about this. We're we're coming close on time, but um, we did talked to a lady or I talked to a lady when I was checking out of the Mm -hmm. campground, um, super nice lady that worked there. Um, she said, now did y'all kill a deer? And I said, yeah, I killed a buck. And then, uh, and then my, my other buddy killed one a couple nights ago. And she looked at me with so much surprise. Like this lady works there and this campground is where everybody camps at. Yeah. She was like, I've asked every single hunter that's come through this campground this week and nobody's killed anything except for you. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that tells you something. I, I mean, it, it, moon weather drought. I mean, I mean, it, it, it had to be something because last year, I, I was texting you last year and you were just like, "Bro, I'm I've, I've seeing more deer in one day than I saw in the whole year of Alabama." Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, I was seeing a lot of deer. I was seeing a lot more bucks last year yeah. too. Um, I, I wasn't. I, I'll say this: I saw more deer this year because I hunted smarter. I hunted it. I learned from last year, Mm -hmm. but last year I definitely saw more bucks.
2: interesting that y'all both seen a lot of fawns. Dude, I bet I saw 10 fawns. Yeah. It was crazy. That, that bodes well for the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely. But still, that's that's I only
3: saw, I only saw three deer from the tree my whole trip I was there. Really? Three deer. And I shot, I shot one of them. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty (laughs) crazy.
1: Golly. Michael saw how many deer, he didn't see very many deer from the tree. Um, Yeah, he didn't see a lot of deer from the tree. Michael, one day, he put in four miles in an area that's pretty jam up. Last Mm -hmm. year it was jam up. Yeah, he walked around there four miles and jumped three deer in that whole four miles. That's bad.
2: That's a struggle bus, right there. That's a
1: struggle bus. They they just they were just doing something different, and I don't know that we ever really figured it out. That, you know, I mean, he saw three deer. I'm sure he jumped more deer than that. He just yeah. never saw them, but, um, that's a, that's a rough time. I mean, that's, yeah, cause I feel like there's places out there that I could go into and, and no, be pretty confident that if I walk through there, I can jump deer, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and for Michael to go into a place that, you know, I mean, that area is supposed to be, it, it's usually good. Yeah. And and it be that that be the case, uh, you know that's yeah. that's pretty bad. And, and that doesn't mean there's the deer are there. They're just mm-hmm. doing something different. Just doing something we just different. we never we never really because Jared, you were there for another what four days, and you didn't see a whole lot yep. more deer after that.
3: Yeah, so um, you know I put Adrian in a spot Friday mm-hmm. night when he got there, mm-hmm. and he actually had an encounter with a good buck, one that was bigger than mine. Um, he had it at seventeen yards, and it the wind actually shifted on him and it blew him out so you know he did get pretty close to one but you know after that we hunted man we hunted hard and we we were just taking spots on the map that we thought made sense and man, we were just getting skunked
1: yeah hmm. i mean it was it was tough i i saw deer i saw deer on almost every sit um but it wasn't like i had just a ton of shot opportunities so yeah. I was happy that yeah. I did what I did. Oh yeah, you know, I, I was I was yeah. happy about yeah, it. Sure. We got meat in the freezer. Yeah, on film, like it was just it was a it was a good trip, man. And it was um, more than anything the people that, that we got to spend it Something with. Camp man, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Nothing yeah. beats it. I Nothing learned a lot. You know, I'm I'm I, I would like to keep doing similar hunts like mm-hmm. this early season. Um, so we yeah, you know sure. remembering some of the things. And and trying to adapt next yeah. year, you know, or, yeah. or the next year. Yeah. yeah. But going out there, yeah. Adam Cruz, man, I, I wanted him to come on this podcast too, but he's got a stomach virus, so he's uh he's out. Oh. Um, but hanging out with Adam and then my buddy Hunter Lindsay came and then Michael Pike mm-hmm. came and then Adrian and Jared. Yeah. Um we just had a we had a dang good time. Yeah. It was there was not yeah,
4: we
1: there was not a shortage of laughs, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and just Having fun, yeah. I would, I, I
2: enjoyed it. Speaking of early season, Jerry, what's what? What do you got coming up next?
3: Yes, yeah, so our season doesn't open till the twenty eighth. So um, I'm probably going to take my son out for mm-hmm. you know the opener. See if I can't get him his first you know deer with a bow. Yeah, uh, looking forward to that. And then I'll be doing the uh, public land challenge in Michigan with Tethered and uh, the PHP guys. So that's going to be that's going to be pretty cool to to hang out with those guys and and do that so Mm -hmm. looking forward to that and then you know after that i'll hunt west virginia and ohio and then uh uh, missouri the second week in november so real excited about that yeah that'd be cool it would be cool
1: you got a full season man
3: yeah man it's gonna be busy it's uh crazy to think that season's already here and i've already put a buck on the ground you know i know it's weird to think
1: about yeah yeah it is uh
2: that's great guys that's awesome it's just
1: incredible (laughs) so happy
2: for both of you it really is like
1: i I remember this time last year just feeling so much of the pressure because i hunted hard in kentucky and i didn't kill one and so this year like having kind of that monkey off your back it's like it's a really cool feeling i actually bought my tennessee license did you yeah i bought my tennessee license yesterday a couple days ago so that's
2: gonna happen nice nice and Jared too your 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 velvet buck I was I was telling Parker man that, that's some thick velvet on that dude
1: <laughs> it looks like
3: a bunny yeah, doesn't I mean, it I'll, yeah it's a yeah, bunny I mean, rabbit he was, he was fuzzy he was
2: <laughs> I was like that was that was my first thought whenever whenever I saw the picture I'm like man that's some thick velvet like
1: fuzz stuff. have seen his ball sack yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> were you looking at that Parker? i didn't, I didn't even check it out uh, you didn't see those i got you out. the
1: slow-mos <laughs> <laughs>
3: i'll have to check those out now. yeah thanks um <laughs>
2: parker still has a shirt on for anybody who was you know listening earlier <laughs> so um, just want
1: to be clear so jerry before we before we get off the phone man uh let's talk about your video is going to be up tomorrow right
3: yeah, the the first video of the trip will be up tomorrow, and then the second with my kill on it will be should be the next day.
1: Okay, so this podcast will drop uh, Thursday night, Friday, so you should be able to go on uh, on YouTube and watch these videos. Tell us, uh, Jared, where your uh, where these videos are going to be found at.
3: Yeah, so you can check them out on Tethered Nation YouTube. On Appalachia or Cleganeros, they will be on all three of those. So whichever <laughs> one you want to check out.
1: <laughs> That's a man that has too many YouTube channels to keep up with.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> That's
1: awesome, man. Cool. Well, Jared, man, I hope we can. Uh, I hope we can share camp again sometime soon. And please make us all proud at the public land. I was. Going,
2: I'm glad you brought that up man make i'm, gonna, w- try. I'm gonna try please represent the southern boys well yeah <laughs> Do it,
1: bro. you well, and greg please. and ernie have got uh, just make us proud no pressure but make us proud
3: well i mean you know how greg and ernie are so I just, like all the pressure is like on me yeah so. it's pretty
1: much on you <laughs> so basically what i'm saying is is just make us proud <laughs> and and make greg and ernie look good <laughs>
3: Oh, man. I got my work cut out for me. Yeah. Yep.
1: All right, dude. Well, uh, again, congratulations on your buck. Yeah, man. Great buck. It was, uh, it was yeah, a pleasure thanks, talking to you.
3: Yeah, man. It was a good time. Parker, thanks for the invite, and uh, can't wait to do it again. All right, guys. That's going to
1: be it for this episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Drew, thanks again for coming on.
2: Yeah, man. Appreciate you having a great episode, man. That was Some a lot good of stuff right there, yeah.
1: I apologize for... Um, some of the um, tech difficulties in that, Jared's phone kind of cut out a little bit, uh, but I think he can understand pretty much what he's yeah. saying most of the time. It, he's hard to understand anyway because he's from West Virginia. So it's I don't, I don't know if you know, Drew, it's hard to talk with only a couple teeth.
2: I've heard that. <laughs>
1: I've heard that. I'm um, just kidding. Um, Jared Jared shows up and makes us all look bad. That's pretty much the way yeah, that, two days. that he did that yeah. in two days. I've got like, dang, four trips under my belt. has like a, a year and a half. I'm like a year and a half, and I kill a dang three-point, and Jared comes in and shoots a seven-point right off the bat.
2: In the middle of like four other hunters. Yeah,
1: yeah. so whatever. Um, no, I, I love Jared, man. He's so much fun to hang out with. Again, you can check out this video um, of the trip if you have not watched it already it's on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel mm-hmm. and that is going to be I think opening day on Kentucky Public Land is the first one and then my first Velvet Buck I yeah. think is the title yep. of the second one so uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do another one I just didn't want to steal Jared's thunder with some of the footage that we got from from his mm-hmm. hunt so I'm letting him release his stuff yeah. and then I'm going to uh, probably do a third video yeah. from my perspective of that trip so good stuff um, yeah so go check that out on the sportsman's nation youtube channel you can also follow southern ground at facebook uh you just search southern ground hunting on instagram at southern ground hunting um, i would appreciate it if you would follow those pages like it on facebook follow it on instagram um, i'm trying to think if there's anything else that you need to know about i don't think i think there
2: Oh, is no, we're just getting closer and closer to gear season yep. and here, here in Alabama
1: yep yep October the 15th man yes it's getting close
2: yes yes Tennessee
1: opens faster than that yep I think next not next this weekend, weekend but next weekend, next weekend I'll be in Tennessee Yeah. so I'm looking forward to that guys um, if you are going to be in the woods I know a lot of you already have been in the woods be safe um, good luck and remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air fish of the sea and the beast of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. Talk to you next time.